0: Welcome to another episode of Consider This. We are glad that you're with us. And uh, we are uh, we're taping this in preparation for Easter. And uh, in our world, uh, well, let me say who's in my world, first of all, if you're not watching on, uh, on our, our Facebook live feed. Is it live? It's not live, is it? Nope, it's going to be posted later. Anyway, technically
1: um, we're not taping either. Yeah. Is going straight to probably the cloud or something. Although like Drew
2: that. probably does have the equipment necessary to take it. I can stuff. get that tape for you, reel to reel, <laughs> oh if my you God. like. He's set up a new turntable <laughs> lately at his house.
0: And chances are, actually, we didn't delete that. So you just listened to that whole preamble. <laughs> um, but I have in the studio with me today uh, Justin Ebert and Drew Henderson, who work uh, in our student ministries area. Appreciate those guys a bunch. And then Ryan, who works. Uh, in our uh, adult area, and it's Easter time. And in our world, the church, quote unquote, uh, the the church world in which we work, Easter becomes one of those times in which we get real, not only excited about Easter, but we kind of look at it as a great opportunity for us to to do our work uh, at a whole different level. And uh, Easter service usually means an increase in the crowds that come, All of that. And so we really felt like it was good for us to even just have a real conversation about how do we make the most of this particular time, um, particularly around a deep conviction that um, every believer should have, which is that God has a great love and plan for those who do not know him and those of us who have found him by his grace um, through faith. Uh, have an obligation and uh, even a desire, and hopefully it's both of those. Hopefully we have both an obligation and a desire to share the good news of Jesus with those who don't, haven't experienced, they may know it, but have never experienced the good news. Um, and so that's kind of what we're talking about today is, uh, is Easter and evangelism, and uh, and how does that kind of play out. So w- one of the first things I want to do is, you know, looking around the table, we're, we're, we're talking to four professional Christians. <laughs> And um, at, at least in people's minds. Right. That's sure. kind of how it is. So, um, Your, you know, our
2: jobs are to read the Bible and evangelize.
0: Yeah. And our jobs are to, you know, to make you feel both, you know, convicted. I won't say feel bad, but make you feel ge- the, the congregation to make them feel genuinely convicted about how to share their faith more. But what about us? You know, yeah. like um, and so the kind of the first question that I really want to ask you is how many how many believers or sorry, how many non-believers? have you personally shared the gospel with, um, kind of outside the walls of the church, outside of an event here. So we're not talking about you preached a couple of weeks ago. And so I'm asking you how many people do you think were in the audience that didn't know Jesus? I'm asking like, um, how many times say in, in in just even the last few months, have you had an opportunity to, to share your faith outside of what we might consider to be the professional Mm -hmm. Christian context?
3: Six individuals, okay. a funeral, and a wedding. And then I have another category that I count because I don't think many people actually do it. It would be my kids. Hmm. Not people who are necessarily <clears throat> people who have made the official initiation into the family of God, though we have raised them up in it and they don't really know anything else. Yeah. But So um, six individuals, I would say... <clears throat> Two of which responded favorably, one of whom's going to be baptized in a couple weeks. Um, Two of whom kind of understood it, didn't really seem to care, act on it. And then two who rejected it in different ways. One in like a, oh, sure, that's a good way to view Jesus. I I like Jesus, too. So they think they're, um, it's actually a couple. They think they're good, like, they're good because they can believe in Jesus and everyone can, can kind of believe whatever sure. they want and sure. it doesn't really matter. Um, one who antagonistically but in a kind way rejected it, a friend of ours, a mutual friend of ours, um, just doesn't line up. The way we view Jesus is not within that person's goalposts. And so just been interesting to share the gospel and remembering that people respond to the gospel in different ways. And then the funeral and the wedding – uh, those are unique and that's more you know of a what I mean? that's those more are, of a,
0: when you say that you're not talking about so we're at the reception right. and we're at the punch bowl and no, I no this I, is this is literally in like the
3: in the message when I do yeah. a, a wedding I want to be intentional with how I speak it sure. and even this funeral of uh, with I know a lot of people here are not followers of Jesus would be aware of Jesus but not followers of Jesus so I'm going to intentionally say some things to where I'm I can at the end of the day be very clear about what I believe about Jesus and what he has to say about death. And then the kids thing is I think there's a lot of people who would say they're followers of Jesus or go to church, but who don't actually speak or teach or train their kids in the gospel. And so had very serious conversation with my son who kind of the first time realizing I want to be baptized. What, why would I, can I get baptized and having to walk through that with them and explain really deep intentional concepts to them to try and, begin to that process and yeah. see if he is in fact ready to do that and make that lifelong decision yeah. as a, if, if that's even possible as a, as a five-year-old or six-year-old and what does that look like as parents to respond to that and continue to teach and train them in the gospel not just in the context of
1: baptism but also everyday life so okay drew i think specifically <laughs> one and then uh going back a bit further and i can only go back a bit further outside that window because i Think no. of Easter. Think sure. of this time. Uh, sure. Two years ago, uh, one did um, in the last several months respond and is now living for Jesus. And then um, a couple a couple years ago, it was after our Easter services, I asked a uh, family member, I said, so, you know, where do you stand on all this? Like, do you really believe that Jesus Christ rose from the dead? And um, he does have a church background in the time that I have spoken with him. It seems like he's a little indifferent toward that. And he just said, you know, you get that is basically kind of what you believe. That's not really I don't know if it really happened that way. Exactly. Yeah. And so a little bit more of the. If it works for you. Um, best case and then indifference, maybe on the worst case with him. But those are two particular encounters that I think of in recent months months.
0: Yep. Ryan.
2: Um, if I were to put them into categories. Long sustained relationship with this person, constant conversations with them. Mm-hmm. One, and it's actually in the context of her walking away from the faith that I've actually been having a lot of gospel conversations with her. Sure. Um, I'm in kind of a, a little season of my life where I'm traveling more than normal, and so I spend a lot of time in airports or in strapped into you know a seat on an airplane. And so I kind of use those as opportunities to subversively sucker people into conversations with me (laughs) about what I'm doing or why Mm -hmm. I, why I'm so interested in something like this Bible. And, uh, and so I have those kind of one-off conversations where I'm unlikely to meet that person again, unless, you know, we exchange contact information. But I love those. Those are almost like I'm, I am playing with house money in those conversations, right? It's, it's almost low risk, high reward for me. And so I have a lot of those lately. And then just the again subversive random conversation here and there around Stillwater with the lady that's working the front desk at the pediatrician's office or on the playground I you know need to break up a scuffle between my kid and another one and I start talking very loudly about how as followers of Jesus we live a certain way and then I might have an opportunity to talk to this parent who's sitting next to me. Yep. So the from intense to more casual and in passing, kind of one to many, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, yeah. So. And uh, you know, it was it was even kind of interesting because I was as as I was thinking through this question even for myself, even though I'm moderating, so I don't have to answer this. You should answer it, Jim. No, but I will volunteer the information. <laughs> um, you know, I could probably think about like maybe nine or ten times, like just off the top of my head, that you know um, that weren't in a group format, but. You know, had an opportunity to know. Here's here's kind of where it's coming from, um, and yet in all of those, I can't think of one that I would have considered to be. Um, Justin, do you mind if I speak with you about my Lord? <laughs> and I would like to share with you the plan of salvation. If you will notice on the napkin, I have just I have written out um, just our need. You know, I've, it's it's really not like that. I mean, sometimes I'm starting the conversation. Um, you know, uh, an almost mid-sentence, so to speak, like or mid-thought, mm-hmm. that it, it is more of a um, even like in terms of gospel presentation. I don't know how much I even walk in and say, "Okay, let us begin by us even considering is there a God?" And then the con- I mean, I have found that all of my conversations that have been evangelistic conversations are truly all over the map. And so it's almost like I don't know where you're going to I don't know where this is going to even start, but then I'm going to take that from that from that starting point and I'm going to lead it to another spot. Mm-hmm. And so I can think of about maybe, you know, I, there was about nine or ten that I kind of sat down and, and some of the names of the people I didn't even know, you know, and it did never even got to the point of like exchanging information per se. Um, and so I thought I thought that was kind of an interesting question um, for us to even to ponder. So let me ask you this, like, why why is it important that we even share that? Like, why is it important that in this podcast that we even, you know, share uh, uh, our, what, what's the value of four? Um, and I I'm hope you guys are getting the, the kind of the air quotes of professional Christians, because I think one of the reasons for this podcast is to break down a little bit of that. Um, uh, that misnomer that 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 lack of uh, stereotype the, yeah, yeah the stereotype that I, I think we want to kind of break that down a little bit that's I think that's kind of the purpose of it so why is it so important that we have these conversations about the conversations that we are having or the lack thereof that we're having mm-hmm. um, with, with with people who don't have faith
3: I I believe that the reason the why behind this is because we want people who follow Jesus to understand how important it is to tell people about Jesus. And I don't think people who are mostly listening to this would disagree with the very true statement that outside of the truth of Jesus people have no hope of peace Mm. with God. Mm. And we can be really kind and we can be really good neighbors and we can pay our taxes and be good humans. And people may not hear the name of Jesus spoken to them. And that's devastating. And our, our role for us as followers, I believe, is to put that word out there. Outside of the word, the truth of who Jesus is and what he has done to help us, dead, lost, broken people, have wholeness, life, and peace with God is essential. It's mm-hmm. essential. Okay. And so that i i don't know how more simply to put it other than yeah. you, you have no hope outside of the yeah. truth which comes through words of god
0: why is it important that we share though right like why is it i don't i just mean that we we share but why is it that four professional dudes sit here and say okay let, let us tell you what we go through like where is the value in our people you know hearing mm-hmm. our journey mm-hmm. i
2: think it can be really helpful to hear that it's not formulaic and mm-hmm. mechanical hmm. And that it happens in the context of sometimes real personal relationships. Sometimes it is a little bit of the like the like the cold start with someone you don't really know. But I, I think that when we talk about uh, a lack of evangelism, a, a lot of people feel like, yeah, I don't go around knocking on all the doors in my neighborhood, asking people where they would go if they died tonight. Sure. And that's a little bit of the caricature of what evangelism is. Evangelism is a little bit more of as you are going, as you're living your life, as you're interacting with this wide swath of humanity, take this good news with you, you know? And so that, that contextually integrates in a bajillion different ways. If I could use a small number, right? Sure. So I think it can be helpful to see that I don't have kind of a Mormon missionary formula or a Jehovah's witness formula that I'm calling for, or I don't use personally anyway. I'm not saying I'm not disparaging that, but to, to, to like prescribe that for everybody is, is asking, I think something that, the scriptures don't ask for.
0: Which by the way, I think it's I think it's interesting to even note. Um I would not fault any of you if you said, Yeah, I literally went door to door in my neighborhood and said, Hey, I live at the end of the cul-de-sac and uh my name is Jim Johnson. Andrew not here. We just want to introduce ourselves as neighbors. Hey, by the way, just so there's not any kind of weirdness, you might know I, I work over at Sunnybrook and so these are some of my deep convictions. And so maybe now is not the time, but truly um, th- what I do is because of a faith. I probably should, probably should do this in my neighborhood. Anyway, <laughs> but, you know, I mean, like, that's not that crazy. Yeah. Like, Mormons are, are having people come to the Mormon faith, and Jehovah's Witnesses are having people come to the Jehovah's Witness faith because they do exactly that. Mm-hmm. And I've always found it to be fascinating that most, most Christians that I meet like, laugh at that and make fun of that. And if I can be honest with you, the reason why I did that when I was less mature than I am is because then I didn't have to do it. Mm -hmm. And so it's kind of like I wanted to dismiss it as um, not effective. And I'm going, yeah, you're right. You know, the Mormons have really struggled. No, they've not really struggled. They've actually done really, really well going door-to-door and having conversations with people. For the record, they've done great.
2: And it's an an admirable thing and a great thing, but you wouldn't say that that's the definition of evangelism. You would say evangelism is, and this is one of the contexts, and I think a lot of people think that's the definition of evangelism.
0: Sure, and a lot of people completely. The majority of people I meet either understand that that is um, and, uh, and therefore don't do it or are almost grateful that that's what evangelism is so they don't have to do it hmm. and that's the part that concerns me it's just like well why don't you want to do that well because it's awkward oh yeah well then the whole evangelism thing's probably not going to work for you yeah
1: yeah i, th- I think one of the like why would we do this podcast why would we help ourselves h- help other people understand why it's important you know we can go to kind of it overlaps with the first question that we were going to talk about is what is the gospel ultimately it's good news and that's we want the to second, share the that's good the news. second question Second question. We're getting there. So yep, I, jumped, getting there. I jumped into you, that you, one a little bit. You literally, but I think ta-da. one of the reasons why we're doing it is um, we need to be aware and help other people be aware of where God is working in this world and then in people's lives before we've even got to this point. Mm-hmm. Um, I think kind of what you were saying earlier, it can be a more uh, formal type experience, whether it's door-to-door or inviting someone to a specific event where there's going to be the gospel that's preached. Um, but at the same time, I need to be aware of each and every day, these people that I'm in contact with, family, friends, people that are associated through common activities. And I need to be seeing where the Holy Spirit is already working in someone's life and God is calling me into that person's life to with the express purpose of sharing the good news of Jesus with them. And that becomes a lot more of a in the flow type thing of life. And then the risk of that could be that we live so much in the flow that it never really happens, you know, that I don't have formal moments. But um, I think that's something that we're not quite aware of as much as we need to be. So we talk about that question a lot when it comes to having conversations with ourselves, with our family, what's God doing in your life and what are you doing to respond to that? I think that's a question that we can ask to a lot of people mm-hmm. uh, believers and unbelievers and that God is calling
0: us to to do that so one of the reasons why I think I have you four in this circle and I mean it could have been a number of, of other pastors but the reason why I have you four in this circle the four of us in the circle is because it's really good for our people to realize like we don't just consider the what we do in these time spots preaching a sermon mm-hmm. teaching a Sunday school class like that's evangelism um, that we want the the people that we're leading to know that a we have pediatrician offices too and we make the most of that that we're on the playground with our kids too and we need to make the most of that and so it it really does give save a, a more natural picture because they may look at you and go oh yeah no i don't see how how my life fits into what you're talking about because the average person i mean here's an understatement doesn't do a funeral Mm-hmm. And the average person doesn't do a wedding. Mm-hmm. And so we're wanting to have people see, like, the context in which we do it. And I think that's the reason why, and I didn't write the question myself, but it's the reason why we go excluding these, right? Sure. Excluding church services and church events. Yeah, And I want to come back and talk about that a little bit. The last thing that we, I think, would desire for our listeners to hear is that we wrestle with this. Like, we're yep. not immune to awkwardness. We're not immune to... Yeah, that's strange. We're not immune to. I think I'm over my head in this one. Yeah, we're not mm-hmm. immune to any of that. Like that's yeah. not. That is not. And and when I gave when I heard the call on my life, God just took that away. I don't think that is the case. Yeah. And I have found that the more one of the conversations. Well, yeah. That I'm gonna get. I'm getting. I'm getting ahead of myself. So we want. We want. We want those that are listening right now to kind of yeah. get a sense of that. That. Um, that. These are these are places in which we do it. And hopefully you're going to go. I'm in those places. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I think it can also be really helpful for our people to hear how success rate. How many?
0: Oh, I don't know. Three percent, two percent, one percent. You know what it's like? It's like the other day I was out sowing seed and some fell upon. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's that's literally the paradigm that yeah. even we're going to be using. Uh, I'm going to be using that a little bit as my paradigm for the sermon this Sunday. Yeah, Most of it falls in the rocks and on the path. Yeah,
2: Jesus tells the parable of the sower to a group of people that understood agriculture, and their first thought would be, wow, that's a crappy farmer. <laughs> like, he is terrible. <laughs>
0: he is agriculturally challenged. Yes, he's
2: just wasting all of it. And, and I think that a lot of it, you know, we can, we can get quickly frustrated when the gospel is met with resistance. And it's almost like Jesus has prepared us for that's gonna be the case much if not most of the time. Yeah. And and I think it can be really important for people to understand that that we're we're not because we're professionals, so to speak, we don't have like a higher hit rate. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, I haven't I haven't won an unbeliever to the gospel in the last to, to, to Christ in the last six months. Yeah. I've preached the gospel a lot and to my knowledge I have not made the sale, so to speak. Yeah,
0: yeah. So here's a question. So we're calling people to something. You said there needs to be an articulation. So um, <clears throat> on Sunday, last Sunday, I, I kind of stopped and said, let's talk about the gospel because sometimes it is su- it's just the good news of Jesus coming. Okay. Any, anything else? Right? And so I, I would love, I don't know who's going to take this. Who wants? Does anybody? I really want it. Do you really, really it? want it? Well, then I'll, here, I'll toss yeah. it. So what's the what's gospel? What's the gospel?
2: The gospel is, um, properly speaking, It is not the good news that we all get to go to heaven, which is how we have often preached it. The gospel is, biblically speaking, the good news that God is manifesting his kingdom here on earth and the king has come and his name is Jesus. And your response to that gospel is, will you swear an allegiance and a faithfulness to that king? And in exchange for that allegiance, there is eternal life. There is holiness. There is blessing. But I I think that sometimes we get the cart before the horse when we talk about the gospel as a gospel of salvation It's a the gospel is the good news about a person. His name is Jesus And the implications of that gospel are salvation is now available for those who will swear in allegiance to him
0: Yeah, so the good news is not and and hear me uh, uh, We're using it formally you said I think gospel proper Um, it's it's not that there isn't a good news that salvation has come Sure. It's that salvation in terms of going to heaven, particularly like and I love even the beauty of the word is much deeper and richer and more far reaching than just heaven. Mm-hmm. Um, but the gospel is truly much more mm-hmm. than just my salvation or our or even our salvation.
2: Yeah, and the, the important distinction that I'm trying to draw, and I don't know if I'm doing a good job of it, is no, the difference I think, between. I, I think you did a great job. It's the difference between, you know eternal life insurance, which is, I think what a lot of people look at as like a confession is now I have my golden ticket into heaven. It's the difference between that and what the Bible calls us to is a robust allegiance to the king that includes faithfulness, that includes transformed living, that includes pursuit of holiness, that includes a new life in the Holy Spirit. That is that is the package that the gospel brings, not just this Willy Wonka ticket into heaven.
0: And you know it's interesting, uh, Drew. You and I are older. I am now in my twilight years, mm, golden, golden, my golden, golden twilight years. years. So we're past the young kid stage, but little Brooks is uh, is fresh on the scene, and we have a little <clears> one coming in your world. And I, I I love the even the picture of the joy of having Brooks wasn't just to have Brooks and you have them, and then you kind of leave them at the hospital and go on with your life like it's it's to have a baby is to have a, another human <laughs> who will now be a part of your life until death do you part kind of a scenario and it's so important that that's the, the, the that's the concept that we have here even in terms of salvation that there's so much more than just quote-unquote the conversion experience the giving birth the new life experience it's the it's now the living out of that new life
2: yeah i don't want to take away from the conversion or the eternity with god i'm just asking us not to focus on those exclusively because the, the the gospel brings so much more
0: yeah and so that's kind of why we need to be able to articulate not just the you get to have a kid but in the end Okay, and then you'll take the child home, and you'll have to feed it and care for it, and it's going to disrupt your sleep, and da mm-hmm. da 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 da, mm-hmm. and it's going to be, it's going to break your heart when it's three, and it's going to break your heart again when it's three days, three years, and one day, and then it's going to keep. That's the mm-hmm. that's the that's the bigger process. Yeah, I think another way <clears throat> uh, that we see throughout Scripture the
3: way this kind of comes together is through this great narrative of where God has created this thing with a purpose and an order and then almost immediately that order is broken and chaos happens and sin enters the story and every story that we see after Genesis 3 has interweaved within it both God working something this his plan but also humanity just doing almost seemingly everything we can to mess that up through sin going against what God has planned and desired and the entire Old Testament is God choosing this people and building this nation and trying to work through um, both the nation and individuals within that nation and then those people and the nation rebelling against and turning their backs on this God who made them and chose them and formed them and worshipping other gods or not following and obeying what God has commanded and we see The New Testament describes this as, like, there was no other option. Mm -hmm. Sin has made us, like, dead. Mm -hmm. And there's. you don't have to be a theologian to recognize with your eyes that this world is just broken. And I think most people, no matter their theology, would recognize there is a brokenness in this world, and what can we do to fix it? And everybody has an opinion on how to do that, right? Everybody has an opinion on how to fix that. We believe. That God has a plan to do that, and that he has fulfilled that plan in Jesus. And that truly, that means something for now and for forever. Mm -hmm. That truly God is working to unite all things, to make things whole, to bring everything back into order how he intended. And he's doing that in and through us who are followers of jesus and so that's part of that good news that sure. god has is over this brokenness and it's not just um chaotic and random but there is a plan being interwoven and god, jesus already fulfilled that and it's coming to reality more and more each and every day and will
0: at someday be finalized and you even said at the kind of earlier justin that the gospel needs to be like articulated like the, we, we love our neighbors and we care for our neighbors and we help everybody across the street and we do all of that. And then we also need to share it with words, the articulation I think is the word you used. We need to articulate what the gospel is to help people see what's at stake. Um, so I'm gonna jump at you then, Drew. So if, if that is the obligation, like why don't, and I'm gonna use the word we intentionally because I, I don't, I, this is something I have mm. always struggled with and I'm an extrovert and I have a salesman's personality. Um, and I struggle with this. Why do we struggle with this so much?
1: Uh, I would say a lot of different reasons. I thought of two. One would be, um, our typical, um, being occupied with ourselves and not Mm -hmm. the things of God. Um, that's speaking of Drew Henderson, a number one, um, uh, not thinking about these opportunities that god has given me not uh caring enough about my neighbor or even what um not even them as a human being but the call that god has put on my life regardless to whether or not they respond Hmm. um i would say that would be one reason the second one this one i i don't know if i hesitate to say it but i would say it is do we really believe it do we really deep down believe this? That someone, like we say easily, you have no hope in this life. Do we really believe that? And I think the struggle that we face at times is as people, I know I see people and I think, you know, things look to be going pretty well for you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're not desperate, right? And I can be easily fooled, hmm. easily fooled into, and I have to continually renew my mind on that, like, no, really. I, I choose to believe what God says about me and about my, this, this, who, fill in blank, whatever person this is, that really I am hopeless without Jesus Christ.
0: So you, you use the phrase in this life. So are you talking and for about. For all eternity. Okay, so you mean in life, mm-hmm. both on this side and mm-hmm. on the other side. Yes. So, I mean, ar- articulate this a little bit more. I mean, I'm kind of glad you brought this up because this isn't scripted. <laughs> so e- explain more what you mean because I, I have a hard time believing that you don't believe that Jesus would make a life better. I just don't believe that. So, right. So tell me what you mean. You obviously mean something by that. So, uh, like, flesh that out a little bit more. Um, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah. I would say, I don't know if I don't believe it, there are times where I struggle to be- to really believe this. Okay. okay. Um, and quite honestly, I think it's sometimes because it, it reveals to me a view a view of who god is Hmm. that is hard for me to comprehend you know and the view of that is that without him without him there is no true life yes and i believe that to be true sure no 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 i know (laughs) Uh, in my flesh sometimes i struggle with that you know what i mean like
0: consciously struggle with that um or are you talking more of like when i look back no because i think this is a great question yeah um because I think some people might hear that and go, oh wow okay yeah and I don't want them a I don't want them to to I want them to rightly understand what you're saying and so I don't want them to, to misunderstand it I, I can't imagine what you're saying is right and truly I, right. think I know what you're saying <laughs> I can't imagine what you're saying is is that yeah like I usually lie in bed and I just think oh yeah I don't think anything I believe or anything that no. I teach in no, no, my no, no, life no. really matters so yeah. you're almost you're almost judging your lack of action sometime uh-huh. as a subconscious, if if belief is to be equated no, with action, I, I, and that's right? What, yeah, exactly. And then I have
1: to yep. at some point say, Drew,
0: yep. do you really, really believe down? Yeah, right. Do you really trust? And does this, this?
1: motivate? Yep. the way that you live, the way that you share, or don't share.
0: Which uh, what I love about that is because then that means that believing and trusting and even moving out this isn't an on off switch. Yeah, I think sometimes in all of our ideas about this, we have an on off switch, and I'm telling you, no, it's actually a dimmer. Mm-hmm. So there is on off, huh. and then there is intensity and I have found that I agree with you because yeah. I, I, I struggle with that. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going, but I really do believe it. Like it's on. Yes. But man, you don't see it most of the time. Like it's on low. It's flickering. And I'm like, yeah. why is it on low? And then I have to ask myself because the Bible equates belief with action. Yes. Now I got to go. Okay. So let's and That's why as you put your as money where follower, your
1: mouth is, <laughs> I have to continually renew my mind to these things, right? Yeah. Yep. And so I have to remind myself of the things of God. I have to renew it with scripture. I have to you know. Yeah.
0: And All it's that. it's it's good. I, I want, as you heard that, I want you to be able to to have that level of introspection and really ask the question that Drew's asking of his own, of his own life in Christ: is if I really do believe it, then why am I not acting? And and not just assuming there's always another answer. Sure. But maybe it is a matter of a lack of and 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 when we use the word believe, there we're not talking mental, but we're talking more volitional, like the, our will, mm-hmm. which then compels us to go across the street to speak out yes to to do all those kinds of things some other reasons
3: it's awkward and it's uncomfortable like can i just that's for me it's like i have the conviction and in most things in my life i have no problem acting on that conviction yeah. but with this issue it's just man where is the on ramp <laughs> <laughs> and i'm almost waiting for like okay holy spirit have that person say something about God or Jesus are important yeah. in life and then I'll take the Give opportunity me a segue. Yeah. and it's like okay maybe the Holy Spirit's like yeah I did and it's name is Justin you know what I mean and honestly like crossing the barrier from uncomfortable and awkward is just really hard to do yeah. To embrace awkwardness and to say, I'm going to go head on into an uncomfortable situation is not something we are yeah. prone to
0: do. Sure. It's and why so, I don't – it's why people – they talk about people that are afraid to get up and speak, you know, public speaking. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, like, I mean, because – why? Because it's
3: terrifying. I know. <laughs> but in that, in, so this is me. I would much rather speak to a crowd of 100,000 people about the go- – and like straight oh, up tell sure. them the gospel. Sure. Like, and have no issues sitting across the table with two people and almost like I'd rather do it with two people I don't know but two people that I know and that I know don't follow Jesus and that maybe their life looks as if it's fine and tell them that I think you're dead (laughs) (laughs) yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is just like, okay, that's yeah. tough. I'm, yeah. I'm potentially going to lose my relationship with you. Yeah. And I believe that, and it's happened. Yeah. There's
0: there's something at stake on our end. And you know, when I say our, I truly mean like on the believer's end, on the Christian mm-hmm. end, there is something at stake when we share gospel yes. realities with people. Like we could lose relationships, or those relationships could at least kind of have a, a, a new barrier or mm-hmm. a barricade or an awkwardness. It's what happens when... Um, when a friend of yours decides that they want to sell Cutco knives or Amway, or right? I mean, Primarica, Primarica. I mean, it's 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 Oils. really it's really interesting how when that happens. I, I mean, and I've I've in my years of ministry. Um, so if you if you ever feel like you know ministers have it easy, uh, the answer is yeah, we do kind of actually. I don't mind even saying that, but the one thing we do is we get everybody that has those. Uh, those things that they would like to share an yeah. opportunity with, I cannot tell you the number of Cutco <laughs> demonstrations I've been through, and and actually I say yes to them because it really gives me an opportunity to share, literally share the gospel even with people who, um. Anyway, I kind of like to reverse a lot of those those yeah. occasions. Doesn't and surprise me. Explain why. Explain why I'm not going to become a Cutco salesperson. Just let me tell you why <laughs> I really believe Jesus is going to be enough for me. So, Ryan, what's another reason that kind of causes?
2: Uh, us to be quiet. We often feel under equipped and we're scared of the questions that will be asked in response and that we don't know what the answer would be. And then we just look like, Oh, so you based your whole life on something you don't really understand. We're, we're terrified of that mm-hmm. moment. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, have you ever thought about it? It's like, No, I hadn't thought about it now that that affects everything, you know? And so there's this, this terror, I think many of us walk around with that, like I'm, I'm about to wade into something that I kind of understand and even really trust. And, uh, the response might be more than I'm able to handle. Mm-hmm. And then now at best I look like a fool and worst I've done like a <laughs> disservice to the gospel. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So
0: when, when your best case scenario is you look dumb. Yeah. Right. And then there's more at stake than that. You know, it's also interesting and you guys, I want to hear what you have to say about this. So for example, I am, I'm intrigued by the fact that the equipping issue has always been an issue. And so we have classes and we teach everybody. And yet, did that fix it?
2: Mm-hmm. Not usually.
0: Not yeah. usually. Like, it, I mean, I've taken, I, I've taken classes at the undergraduate level and at the graduate level. Um, I can't tell you how many sermons I've heard on evangelism or books that I've read on evangelism. And I'll be honest with you. In the moment, I don't know if I feel as equipped as I would like to feel. So to speak. And so I think it's a little bit of a rabbit that we chase that we could never catch. We're the Greyhounds chasing this thing. And by design, if if by equipped you mean not feeling awkward, it doesn't exist. Like here and I, I want you to respond to this, so I'm gonna make I'm gonna make my statement. You guys tell me what you think. Um, I, I still I, I am no longer nervous about that. But it's not because I think I know all the answers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's kind of like I, I, I guarantee you, I don't know if I feel completely equipped to deal with everything. If by equipped, you mean trained and I have it ready to go. I'm not there. I, but I'm no longer afraid mm-hmm. of that. particular. I got other fears with awkwardness. I got other fears of yeah. that. So of how did you get there? Um, I changed the pair the, the paradigm changed in my mind. I mean, it was it was kind of like I, I'm not trying to sell you something. Um, okay. It doesn't have to get done in the next 20 minutes or even in the next five years. But
2: that's really good for people to hear that. It's not that you're very highly educated in this, that that no. kind of eased your nervousness about that. No, it's okay, it's,
0: it's it's it's, it's it, for example, like here, I'll tell you another example of it in my life. I used to think that I would be a stronger Christian when I had certainty. And then I read a book that went, it doesn't exist Like instead of certainty, you're going to have faith and I'm going to have to deal with the dimmer switch Mm -hmm. and I'm going to have to grow in my belief. But in the end, I'll never get to the end of my belief and now I have true knowledge. That's how people think that we move from belief to knowledge. Mm -hmm. No, believing is a way of knowing. Mm -hmm. And so how I've moved forward in the evangelistic thing and how I am no longer afraid of that. I'm no longer afraid of being put in a bad situation where I'm over my head because I'm going, okay. Like I'm over my head a lot. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> Andrew asked me a question this morning I was over my head my kids have talked to me I'm over my head I mean I can't tell you the number of times i felt over my head yeah. and so I'm just kind of getting why wouldn't I be over my head with this and so in the end like what's happened like if you're over your head what happens nothing happens <laughs> truly like it's yeah. not the end of the world yeah. if you're over your head and by the way I- and so I'm, I'm actually even trusting more in the Holy Spirit's work whether to give me the right words which he's promised he would and I'm amazed at the crazy times in which he's done some amazing things. I've, I have experienced that so many times and by the way, and then it, it didn't always, it didn't increase even my winning percentage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Aspect. Yeah.
2: And I, and it might even be a, a topic for another podcast, but I think that it could well, it be, is, cause we're getting near the end yeah. of this one, but I think it could be really helpful for people to even come to grips with the fact that don't get suckered into the certainty on the other side it is like, there, there, is a, there is an arrogance that comes with the ability to ask a difficult question that presumes understanding and knowledge that more than likely is not there. Sure. And so sometimes we feel, oh my goodness, they really know their stuff and I don't. No, they asked a good question and really everybody's a little confused. And so that can, like you said, I can't, I don't have to handle this in the next 20 minutes, right? I mean, that's where we build relationships and we do it over the long haul. Well,
0: just imagine, I mean, here's the, here's the, I think the problem with the, with the, and I mean, hear me, we're still not equipped. So there's still sure. an equipping piece. I know. So I'm not, I'm not saying that there's not, I'm going, imagine if every person who's graduating med school says, okay, am I totally equipped for everything? Or could I ever get into a situation that's over my head? Oh, no, no, no. Yeah. Well, you think there could be something over your head? Well, then you better stay in medical school. Like where in the world does that work? It doesn't work in marriage. It doesn't work with the baby. And they gave me the baby. They gave me Matt and said, "Take him home." And I could have gone, okay, but I'm not. I don't. Okay, if you have a problem, call this number. Mm-hmm. If you have a problem, do you have a mom? Talk to your mom. And so it's the beauty of even thinking about the community that you're in to help with evangelism, right? Mm-hmm. That's the beauty mm-hmm. of it. Like mm-hmm. Drew, I, I, I'm just gonna say it, I can't tell you the number of times you've inspired me to share with my neighbors, as you just casually talk about your love for your neighbors. I can think of so many examples over the last 15 years we've served alongside each other, and, and, and you've made me just kind of go, wow, I really need to, I, I gotta get out in my neighborhood. And so it's the community kind of equipping piece that I think is more important. So if you're not going to share because you could be over your head, I just want to ask you this one question. Have you done everything else like that in your life? And if the answer is no, then I'm saying work at getting more equipped as a staff. We need to work at better at equipping better. Great. And until then, we still share. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yep. What do you want to say? Crazy? Um, not crazy.
1: Uh, not crazy. I, in in response to what you said, I, I mean, you start looking at the different situations that God, I believe, puts you in, different um, seasons. I think you, you talk a lot about my neighborhood, and I, I think that was a season where God used us in our neighborhood. Yeah. And now it's kind of a different season, a little bit. Still there, but now God transitioned and brought us a whole different group of people through sports teams and different things like this, and so. I think that we have to look for those opportunities where God is leading us and the, the group of people that he's putting around us that um, may may not know him and uh, be looking for the leading on, on how we share with those people. And I think sometimes we get stuck in a little bit of that rut of like, well, I don't know my neighbors now when we moved. Okay, well, maybe there's a new new area where God is sure, going to be pushing sure. you or
0: using you. Um so it changed for that. me when my kids played in the front yard yeah. versus my kids were on a team in which I was gone in the evenings. Yep. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, my neighborhood has a different feel. It's different. And now it's different again because yep. I'm in my yard again without the kids, yep. right? And so and, – and, and it's <laughs> yeah. other – and here's what's interesting. Like, literally in my cul-de-sac, now everyone else's kids are in the yard yep. and in my yard and in, and in the cul-de-sac. And I'm going – you know, all I need to do is walk by my front window. I'm like, wow, there's a field that's white for harvest. Yeah. You know, and here am I, send me. (laughs) Justin, what do you want want to add? It feels like you're kind of chomping at No, I
3: mean, I just think I hear the as you're going, and I just think of the
0: participle,
3: the the famous participle of Matthew chapter 28, that when Jesus' last words in Matthew to his disciples is this as you're going. Make disciples. Yeah. The and command think, isn't go. I think it's the command is yeah. make disciples. It's assuming assu- you're yeah. going, it's an assumption of you're going to be going. That's just everyone is going. That's an everybody thing, but the uniqueness for us is that we have as our goal to glorify God and to do that through making disciples. And it's you can't just make disciples by working in your own yard and being your uh, living in your own house. At some point, you've got to tell them the truth about jesus and you at some point you just have to step off that ledge you know yeah. and that's what we're <laughs> going back to our first question or second question that's what we want to help you to do just to take yeah. away some of the fears and take away or at least and maybe not even take them away but yeah, to like embrace them that's to embrace them yeah. and yes. go into them and say you're not alone in this okay first and foremost you have the holy spirit of God within you to equip you and give you words. You have the word of God that's been given to you to give you words. You have the people of God to come around you and encourage you and yeah. um, suffer with you or celebrate with you or teach you and educate you, whatever. Like, you're not alone in this, but we, like, you have the most precious gift in the world and there's no limit to it and yeah. you can give it freely and there are just limits on our ability to do it or our drive to do it and we want to help take those
0: away that's awesome i love it don't we're not trying to take away your fear we're saying that um the do not be afraid admonitions that come in scripture are almost always reminded about the presence of god mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um and the reality of him in the midst of it yeah we are going to draw a line there and um come back with uh, i guess a part two because this has opened up yeah. some other questions in terms of what it looks like i also think as a part of this series. We literally just need to say, okay, Ephesians 2, 1 through 10. Mm-hmm. Let's just unpack this. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Let's talk about how this works. Or there might be another text. Yeah. And so yeah. be looking for um, not only this one, but ones that are to come. Um, know this that um, beginning this Sunday, uh, much of what we are doing around here is just going to have an underlined, it's always been there, but now we're going to underline it. Mm-hmm. A, We want to come alongside and recognize that because the heightened awareness, of this time of year um, that we as a staff and that hopefully we as a church are willing to embrace the opportunity that is before us um, to share the good news of Jesus Christ that we have with those who do not. And we would love to help you even um, enjoy that journey and embrace um, the awkwardness and the joy of of being a faithful follower of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. We love you guys. And uh, uh, I thought about singing free falling as we were ending it because you talked about that. Because I'm free. Uh, God rest his soul Yep